how you are in the world matters. Overwhelm is inevitable and optional. It's time to listen up and make it optional for you. Okay, so welcome to today's third in the series of three tiny, huge, life-changing workshops. So Monday's one, if you haven't yet gone to listen to it, you can just find that, um, I think it's episode 62. On Monday, we just did a very short introduction to getting clear on where you are. So really daring to look at the exhaustion cycle and the overwhelm and the frustration with with having worked really hard for your life, but then not quite feeling at home in it, really struggling to hold all of the successful bits together. And that can be really, really painful. And And often we don't want to look at it because it feels like a failure, but it is the best place to start. In fact, it's the only place to start because when we get clear on where we are and why we've ended up there, then we can start to make changes. So the suggestion was to do that with real love, with real compassion, to just notice and maybe to journal that because obviously these are very, very small workshops. They're tiny workshops that become huge when you decide to use them and letting the questions and the thoughts wash over you, maybe chatting to a friend, but most likely just journaling it out and just just allowing more and more insights about what's going on for you, that's how you get the hugeness out of them. So noticing, but with compassion, not allowing the attention to go off with the mind when it starts doing, well, you ought to know better. You should be able to hold everything together, comparing yourself to other people saying, well, they seem to be able to hold it together. These are the common thoughts that the people I work with have. It's really normal. And just for a moment, just not dwelling on those and just allowing yourself to completely neutrally get an overview. Yeah, I've been here before. This is getting really boring. So we, we, or we're, it's not kind of boring. It's, well, it is boring, but it's more wearying. It's like, it takes so much energy to struggle and to be free of that. That's what we want, Right. So daring to notice, we talked about tunnels when you get stuck in a tunnel and you just keep going, just keep going. But it's like somebody keeps putting extensions on the end of the tunnel and you never really get closer to that light. It's about stepping out of that tunnel, being able to see that the tunnel's not real, but it feels real. So accepting how it feels for you and circles. I've been here before. I've tried lots of things to to stop me burning out, getting exhausted and frustrated. They work for a bit. But here I am again, just noticing that without judgment. And then the cave, how often do you and what are the triggers for these things of wanting to just hide from the world and get into a cave? And then yesterday, I took you through a neutral noticing practice, which helps connect you back into your body. So listening to your body, connecting to the heart and starting to learn to control the attention so that you can take a break from the busyness of your mind, the overwhelming nature of the kind of loop of doom and the shoulds and the oughts, and I need to be better, 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 better at everything, better dog owner. Um, I even get better um, indoor plant owner. That comes to me quite a lot. I think, oh, I failed that plant again. There's always something, right? We can always be better. And then coming back to that sense that we are both perfect, and a work in progress. And the work in progress is noticing the fears and the 
the loops of doom and all of the stuff, the habits of allowing that kind of negative self-talk or pushing our bodies too hard, not listening to our hearts. Um, the work is just letting go of these things. But that takes courage. That's It's not easy because the habits of, that have got you to where you are are no longer working, but they're ingrained. And just letting go of them is not going to work because that's really destabilizing. So my method is to do the tiniest thing that has the biggest impact, but in a really secret way. So my aim is always to help people get their life back without anybody else really noticing. Because the people I work with are really private. And if you're listening to this, I expect that's one of the reasons you're listening is because you like the fact that I do things differently, that I say, you can, you have everything you need, you have all the resources you need, you just need a way to do it that doesn't disrupt your life, that doesn't cause masses more overwhelm, that doesn't add to your to-do list, that allows you and support to, to change your life, get your life back while you're doing it. So this is quite a unique way of, of working and I had to develop it for myself and for the people I work with. So today we're going to pull some stuff together. Today is called creating daring to create your own adventure. So it takes courage to start to see things differently, to start to challenging, start to challenge those beliefs that often come up. I can't have the life I want without overworking. Success means working so hard that I will miss out on things that are important to me. That sacrificial thing that we is just ingrained in those of us who tend to be reliable and hardworking and highly conscientious and, and just generally want the world to be a nicer place we can get very stuck in that so in order to have what I want because the world is harsh then I am bound to feel crushed I'm just too sensitive I ought to be able to uh, cope better um, I'm really smart and capable and I can help other people. So I should be able to help myself. All of these squishing ourselves into a box that isn't right for us. So daring to turn that around. So that's what I like to do. I call it these reverse, reversing limiting beliefs and reversing obstacles. I call it the reverse obstacle. It's a technique that I use with clients and that is um, in the third module of Get Your Life Back, which is my brand new program which is launching today and you have until Monday to join the first round of people going through the June 2021 tiny group, lovely, lovely group of people who will go through together with me um, doing this work, 12-week course plus nine months of support because it takes time to ingrain habits, allow beliefs to change and dare to hold those new perspectives of all those hidden possibilities. So today is about daring, but in a really gentle way, because if we dare too much, we tend to get that, oh, it's too much, it's too overwhelming, it's just added to my to-do list, and that is not what we're going to do. So if you did Mondays, which I hope you have done, if you haven't, you can go back and do it. You should start to get an idea of, of where you are, of how essential it is for you or urgent it is for you to do something, whether that's finding whatever works for you or whether it's using my free resources or whether it's choosing to work with me in my program or one-to-one, -one, just get in contact if you think you might be interested. 
So if you've reached that point where you're really, really fed up of getting stuck in that tunnel, going around in circles, and you want to do something, doing that tuning into your body, really listening, noticing, after a while, you'll start to notice that actually your body wants to move through the day in a different way than you've been allowing it to. And this is really common, right? Because when we get fixated on just getting something done, when we're heading for a really big achievement like studying or setting up a business or whatever it is, whatever is important to us, we tend to get very rigid in the body because obviously we're using our minds a lot. Those of us who love to read and are curious, intellectually curious and and really like to like that academic challenge of using our minds I think are in huge danger of getting stuck I know I certainly am of getting stuck in our head and then the body suffers so what we're doing is we're reversing that by saying it's perfectly possible to work towards those goals and dreams but how could you do it differently and doing that really gently so You could use the one minute mark on the hour, every hour to tune into your body, do the neutral nosing practice. And that will start to give you information. You'll start to notice, oh, I've been holding my shoulders up here for ages. So what if I allowed my shoulders? Or just just noticing, often just noticing that the shoulders have come towards the ears is enough for them to move because we're just noticing neutrally. So we're not trying to relax ever, no trying. This is about reversing the habits of trying really hard by not trying anymore, just allowing, noticing with love, compassion, respect for the body, getting curious about the body. The body's amazing. Once you start to notice it with love and compassion and kindness, it tends to self-heal much faster than if you keep pushing. So the body self-heals anyway. I mean, it's not a woo statement. Obviously, it self-heals. If it didn't self-heal, then every time you cut yourself, you'd be stuck with that forever. It's amazing. But it's more amazing than we give it credit for when we get stuck in our head, particularly in a kind of Western way of working where we don't really trust the body. We don't trust ourselves to drink enough water. We Google that. You can buy um, special bottles that tell you how much to drink every day. And although that might help for a while, in the end, for me, it's about trusting our body, listening to the body. Am I thirsty? What's it like to drink water? Noticing the feeling of the water in the mouth and as it goes down the throat. Or do you need a hot drink? Or which drink which drink feels most um, satisfying at different times of the year? Just playing with that, getting curious. This doesn't take time. This is the changing of the how rather than the what. excuse me, just need a drink. When we change the how, it's really powerful, but it doesn't add to our to-do list or our our overwhelm. In fact, it reduces the overwhelm because the how is getting out of the head into the body or into the heart. And when we change the what, oh, that can be so serious and overwhelming. So for me, and I expect you might be able to resonate with this, I got to a point in my life where I just couldn't work out what to do. I felt like I either had to quit my job and I, although my job was damaging my health and relationships, I loved a lot about my job. I love teaching. And that was devastating. You know, I'd worked really hard. It was part of who I had become or burn out and keep missing out on really important things. Um, You know, not being able to go and visit people during term time because I was too exhausted, not being able to have evenings during term time because I just couldn't cope. Everything was becoming about 
sleeping well, eating well, exercising, holidays, everything was about supporting my ability to get through the day at work without losing it. And although outwardly I looked very successful and I was very successful, inside I was really struggling. So I thought I had to quit my job or reduce my hours, let go of my responsibility, so the very bits I loved, um, or carry on. And I got to a point where I couldn't carry on. So that's not a good place to be. So for me, changing the what, which I did, then caused loads of problems. And it didn't stop that issue because for me it was the habits it was the beliefs the mistaken beliefs the limiting beliefs that to have that successful life I crave meaningful satisfying work that supports the lifestyle that I want while having really good health and really good relationships to have all of that I thought that I had to make huge sacrifice I was wrong so so wrong so wrong so it's daring to say this is where I am what do I want instead? And then changing the how, not the what, because the how works and the what's destabilizing. And we're going to make it easy as possible. It's also fun because a lot of my tiny, huge life changing practices are rebellious. They're radical acts of self-care or re- tiny rebellious acts of controlling your attention, pulling your attention back from, oh, you know, the tech stuff, the, the software engineers who pull at your attention or the manipulative marketing messages or the pressures that you ought to be better, better, better. And just putting them back to yourself in a really nourishing way and saying, no, this is about me. I'm going to control my attention because this is my life. But these don't take time. Now, they take time to embed. And this is really important. So if you're going to do this, you have to make the commitment. You have to. And this is what we come on to next. This listening to yourself and and a variety of tiny, huge life changing practices that I've talked about before. You can download my three morning ones, which people are absolutely loving. Thanks for letting me know. And that I use with my clients and I teach them in my program. You need to embed them into your life. So I would pick one just start really tiny. So the one I would suggest, well, there's two I would suggest you start with. One is try the one minute mark on the hour every hour. You won't do it on the hour every hour, but when I set that, people do it at least once a day. If I set it as do it once a day, then it happens once a week or never. So, you know, do everything you can to commit and set that schedule up. Um, maybe do it with a friend to get some accountability. Of course, this is what happens when you work in a group is that you get this support and accountability, which is so helpful and which just makes it easier and faster. Um, the second one that's really good to start with is unexpectedly lovely things. So this is from my saying, always expect the unexpectedly lovely and you will find it. Now, people say practice gratitude. Yes, practice gratitude. Gratitude is great, but this is bigger. When something's, it's very easy, you can get into a pattern, I found, of being a bit blasé about, oh, I'm really grateful for this, I'm really grateful for that, or looking for something lovely to be grateful for. And then you go back to work. Done. Um, Expect looking around the room to see, hear, or feel something that is unexpectedly lovely. Because the brain has to work a bit harder, you can't cheat, you can't just pick, like, my dogs are behind me, that's cheating, they're always lovely, like, even when they're naughty, they're pretty lovely, but unexpectedly lovely requires a bit more engagement. And that interruption to your day is really, really vital for creating change. 
but it's a nice change because it's not hugely effortful and if you set that as on the hour every hour look for something or uh, listen for something or see if there's something you can feel in your body that is unexpectedly lovely that's that's a really good one people love that one so I, I would start with either of those but basically you want to embed into your life things that start to um, change how you move through the day with more awareness with more compassion with more kindness to yourself really noticing what fills your heart so when we connect to the heart the hearts are really good um, part of your internal navigation system your compass to direct you to to how and what you want in your life how to move through your life with more ease so noticing when the heart fills and just being with that is often actually really really small things so when we when we're stuck in the big thing quick job or burnout that's really tough decisions if you start introducing these tiny huge life-changing practices such as what fills my heart and doing the unexpectedly lovely is a really good way of noticing um and just being with that just pausing for an extra moment to notice the physical sensations of the heart feeling is really powerful it tends to reset the nervous system it tends to get the attention out of the mind which is what we want because the mind's easily overwhelmed easily set into high alert so this is a nervous you're starting to learn to control your nervous system by doing this and that is really powerful um, but also it can be used to direct you so the people who fill you and nourish you um, the podcasts that make you feel good and lift you you can f- often feel it in the heart or in the bones in the body um, the the places that fill you the spaces so creating space in your life that that nourish and fill you that fill your heart that make your body feel at ease and energized this is really valuable information and the more you do this the more you dare to tune in and listen you can start creating your own adventure but in a really tiny way and then you get to a stage where you're doing it enough where you start thinking ah i'm not so overwhelmed and I'm valuing myself, I'm getting more energy, or I've been really tired, and I just need sleep. And then you kind of come out of the sleepy bit where you've really had to allow yourself to step back a bit and recover. And that's good. Sometimes that's necessary, whatever happens for you, because different for everyone, but starting to really put yourself first, really notice what's going on for you, because you are unique. And trying to squeeze yourself into a life that doesn't work for you anymore, or comparing yourself to others and trying to do things the way they do that's not working out for you so when you tune in and listen really dare to listen deeply but with curiosity and kindness not with back into the head with its oughts it shoulds better and being better better dog owner better partner better friend better colleague better business owner there's always betters then it's not helpful it's not that we want to be worse it's that that constant striving and pushing and trying really hard rather than starting from where we are with the energy, the skill, um, the compassion, the passion for life that we have at the moment, starting there, we already we find that we are already good enough. We find that we already have everything we need. And then later you might choose, well, I want to be better at that, so I'm going to learn how to do it. But that's different than, than feeling that you're not good enough, that you should be better. 
Can you see? So this is not about dropping your high standards. Absolutely not. And I always think this is a problem. So you want to do things your way, um, not what it looks like somebody else is doing. So very often within a workplace, um, there'll be you who's quietly incredibly reliable and people you know, always, they know that if they go to you, you'll do it well and you'll do it on time and you won't let them down. So you tend to get more and more stuff dumped on you and because you find it difficult to say no because you like to keep people happy and because also you like the responsibility, you like the challenge. Um, But then there's other people who constantly do not such a good job. They let people down. They're not always that nice. And yet when they're in trouble, everybody rushes in to rescue them. And this can be really frustrating because it's like, well, that person's living with more ease. So it appears. So maybe I should drop my standards. Maybe I shouldn't try so hard. Maybe I should be a little bit less reliable. Maybe I shouldn't do things on time, you know, but that doesn't sit well with you because you you have high standards. That's who you are. You like to do a job well and you like to do lots of things. You like to, to not let people down and to not be that part of yourself would be losing part of yourself and letting yourself down. So you don't want to be more like somebody else just because it looks like, you know, they're coping better with their life. First of all, you have no idea what's going on with them. And secondly, it doesn't matter because it's not you. So this is about, this is ultimately a path of deep self-acceptance, really daring to listen to the heart, listen to the body, start to control the attention, challenging, the limiting beliefs about I have to work really, really hard and sacrifice my health and relationships in order to have what I want, or I want too much, so I have to play small, or to have what I want, I have to be a different person, or I have to be better, or I have to be worse, as in drop something about myself that actually is important, integral part of myself. So just noticing what comes up for you now this takes time daring to create your own adventure it's very difficult a really difficult question is okay so you're exhausted and overwhelmed but you don't want to give up your job or your lifestyle but you want your health and relationships back what do you want well (laughs) if you knew the answer to that question you'd have sorted it out you know you know what you want but it's impossible so you don't know what you want practically you don't know what it looks like practically you don't know how to make it You can't, you're sick of trying to squeeze yourself into this. Well, you can have it all, but you're going to have to over. It doesn't work. It's not a helpful question. So get out, getting out of the head into the body and starting to dare. What is I really want? Often it's much simpler. It's it's usually simpler, much easier and more fun than it at first appears. This isn't about making sudden huge changes. This is about noticing really upping self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-kindness, self-love, committing to yourself first every day, which is what we do in the Get Your Life Back program with support every day for 90 days. So the 12-week course part at the beginning, you will commit to yourself first every day. I call it the morning promise. And we develop this together and make it, you make it into your words so it resonates with you. Um, it's a game changer, but it has to be, again, it's a tiny, huge life-changing practice. It's tiny because it takes moments, but it's huge when you feel it in the body, when you feel it in the heart, when you dare to imagine that actually 
Of course you get to live your life your way. Of course you do. Why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you? Why do you think it's not okay for you? Well, that's a good question. One of the reasons is the world's too harsh. I'm too sensitive, that kind of thing. I ought to be different than I am. I can't have everything because I'm different. No, the world needs lovely, conscientious people like you. And you can have what you want. It's just daring to really listen because often it's the tiny things. So it may be that there's a way to keep your job or not. I don't know. It's your life or at least to survive in it for a bit longer until you come up with whatever it is you you want to do. Um, But to do it in a way that's not as exhausting. So, for example, having better boundaries, always taking your lunch break, maybe getting outside at lunchtime taking in more nourishing food. I don't know, all sorts of things. These are tiny things. So some one of the things I really notice with people who are drawn to work with me is that they all have a real affinity with nature. They really need to connect with nature d- daily. And this can be really, really difficult um, clash with their work. And that it can feel like they're being ridiculous and too sensitive because they don't like their life controlled where they're in an office or in front of a screen all the time or they don't feel that it's a valuable use of their time to get outside and just gaze at the sky or notice the way the light shines through something and yet these can these tiny practices um can be one of the biggest game changers and for me this was certainly true and part of my pattern of my day now is to regularly go outside even for a moment. So for example, today the irises are out and irises remind me of my granny who was just amazing for me, amazing person to me. And irises always remind me of my granny. And every year when that first iris comes out, I just go and absorb it. As soon as I saw it was coming out yesterday from across the garden, I just smiled at the iris. (laughs) So this is a, you know, that's seconds. That's the changing the how, not the want. So I think that's everything I wanted to say. So what I would say to you is start to death to do things your way. Start to really listen to what energizes you and what drains you and move towards what energizes you and away from what drains you. Start to notice the people, the places and and the spaces. So People and places are obvious. There are places that make you feel better than others. But spaces are creating buffers between things, even if it's two minutes, five minutes, a day, a month, whatever it is. So spaces, things that nourish you, noticing the patterns, the season of your life, the season of the year, um, your energy through the day, just really starting to become an expert at you. And to do that, I highly recommend using my neutral noticing, obviously, because that's my that's my work. That's my gift to you. Um, I will put in the show notes the one minute mark link and also the link to the information page about Get Your Life Back. And yeah, I'm wishing you an unexpectedly lovely day. Thank you for listening to my three tiny, huge life changing workshops. If you've got any questions, any feedback, then I'm always delighted to hear from you. 
do find out more about my tiny huge life-changing practices please visit www.heidimark.co.uk